you know, life is a, is, is, a, is a tough, it's an uphill climb. It is. And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I've been looking to have a guest on the show that could really lend some world perspective, but not how you think. I really want to tackle this in a biblical way, perspective and solution. And so over the last few months, my, one of my favorite guests has been Pastor Philip DeCourcy. He was gracious enough to accept this invitation to come back on a second time. And you might have heard him. I know you have because he's on Know the Truth on KPRZ. And if you're hearing this on Sister Station, The Answer San Diego, that's FM 106.1 FM, AM 1210, of course, KPRZ.com. And you can catch it various times throughout the day, 1.30, in the morning and 9.30 in the evening, Monday through Friday. And as we get into this discussion with Pastor Philip, go to Know the Truth's website, which is ktt.org slash kpraise, because there they're going to put a portion of that landing page for you to enter your contact information. And when you do so, you're going to get Help, I'm Anxious. Now, that's a booklet. And also the Down in the Dump study card. Both these things sent out to you to really help you with anxiety of all that's going on. KTT.org slash KPraise. Now, Pastor Philip DeCourcy, in case you missed our last chat with him, he's Senior Pastor of Kindred Community Church, Anaheim Hills, California. And he's from Belfast, Ireland, of course. Of course, I like that because my descendants come from Ireland as well. And at 16 years old, 16, he gave his life to Christ. And there was so much unrest with where he grew up. That's why one of the reasons he decided to serve in the Reserve Police Force in North Belfast. Now, fast forward, 2007, it's where he also started his ministry at Kindred Community Church Senior Pastor, right there. And all that to say, welcome, Pastor Philip. Thanks for coming back on. It's been a while, but it's a real treat. Well, no, it's a joy to join you. Thank you for all that you do. And again, uh, to connect with our listeners in K-Praise, this is just a great station for us, and we have a lot of fervent supporters uh, and listeners in the San Diego area. And so just to reconnect with you and reconnect with them is, is a joy. And I think if they go and download that little booklet I wrote on anxiety, um, Jesus teaching in Matthew 6, I think it'll just be a, a wonderful encouragement to them. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, uh, faith is a refusal to panic. And I think that little booklet will encourage our listeners not to panic, get their eyes on God, keep moving forward. Yeah, there's a lot of fear going on out there right now. One of the reasons why I had you back on the show. Now, on the website, ktt.org, there's a section that, in a word from yourself, states, today is no different than the past. Now, that is going to actually be a thread through this entire discussion. Tell us why you wrote that. Well, you know, we are in a moment, and there, and, and it's unique to us because... We're in our moment, it's, it, and, and no one else has lived the day we're in. And, and I don't want to discount that. There, there are seasons and purposes and times, according to Ecclesiastes 3. Mm. And so I embrace that. But, but I think, too, as Christians, we've always got to step back and take a theological perspective. And the same book that says Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a purpose and a season to everything under the sun, also says there's nothing new under the sun. And um, I think just, you know, uh, the measure of it, the velocity of it, the expression of it can be different. But, you know, the problems we face, the sins of our society, the issues that face the home, uh, the issues that face the interface between government and society and 
all of that. There's nothing new under the sun. Um, these problems have existed since Adam disobeyed God, and and you know, and and you would agree, we believe that there are answers to those that are timeless. There are answers, and you mentioned velocity, and I love that word because current event-wise, velocity it is really sped up, lightning speed down the highway, and there's so much going on today across this entire globe. I was going to say the nation, but across the globe, uh, but in America, the government's gotten so much bigger. And tell us how people should put their trust in God above all else, because I truly believe that's the solution here. Well, always. You know, everything about life is theological. People tend to think theology is is something that belongs in the classroom, and um, it's the preserve of men that have gone to seminary or the inquisitive. But uh, theology is a study of God. Theology is understanding life in 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 light of who we know God to be. And uh, so, uh, you know, we have, He's always the solution because He's the the source of life itself, and uh, even has provided amazingly and wonderfully in the gospel of his son Jesus Christ a solution to our sin both personal and uh, societal um, but you know we've, we've got to remind ourselves I like that verse uh, Noah in in the Psalms you know some trust in chariots and horses but we will trust in the name of the Lord and I think we've got to see that the symbolism of horses and chariots are either military power or governmental power and certainly government has its place because government is ordained of God. Government is God's idea, and good government will serve God's purposes. And God has defined the role of a government, and, and government needs to stay in its lane. I think that's what you and our listeners and myself are getting concerned about. Now, that will come and go with the change of administration. I think with the Trump administration, we had a little bit more of a limited government view, although that wasn't perfect either. And then with the Biden-Harris administration, you know, for them, government is the solution to everything. It's big government, it's socialism, it's, you know, the government will provide for you will provide for your education, will provide for your family, will provide for your job. And it just it just takes us beyond where the Bible has us in terms of government. Now look, you know, if you're on the 91 or going south or north on the 5 in and out of San Diego, you know, there's always the danger of drifting out of your lane. Sure. I think that's what our government's doing. It has been doing, to be honest, for a while, drifting out of its lane. Romans 13 says, look, the main job of a government is to promote good and reward those who live within the law and to punish the evildoer. The emphasis is on the sword, crime, uh, law and order, and, and, and the recognition that the government exists because man has fallen. And unless there's restraints, man will do evil, and he's quick to shed blood. And and, and I think we, we, now the government is, is trying to be the church, and the government's trying to be the family, when it needs to stay in its lane. Uh, there are three major institutions, as you know, Noah, the church, the family, and the government, and they've all got distinct roles. And the problem in our day is, you know, our government's become an omnipresent and omnipotent, and it's it's just a bad place. And we need to, as a society, put the brakes on that. And certainly men like me and churches like ours need to speak up and help our people understand, look, here's what you should expect of your government, but don't, don't over-expect. Uh, you know, even when they're offering you free stuff, that, that appeal, I mean, today you think about, you know, Biden's speech about we're going to offer you free education, everything's free. And that appeals to, to not, the, not, not our great side. And we've got to step back, restrain ourselves. 
And we want the government to be restrained. We're going to have to restrain ourselves and what we expect from it. And that might be the first first step. It's definitely a great first step. And it is all about speaking up. And I always say on my program, as I produce other programs here at the radio station, if you do not speak up now against some of these things that you see happening, when are you going to? And will there be a point in history where you're not allowed to speak up anymore? Absolutely. Absolutely. It wasn't that famous quote, what, you know, what does it take for evil, evil to triumph? Simply good men to do nothing. That's right. And God would want us to be men of action. Well, of course. I mean, again, you know, we've got to understand what the will of God is. And, and that's what it means to redeem the time. I'll be come back to that later. But understand what the will of God is and do it. And we've got to understand the times we're in, like the tribe of Issachar. And so, yeah, I, I look around me. I can't sit on the sidelines. You know, I, I remind our people, people say, I don't like politics or I don't want to get involved in politics. I, I understand that impulse, but it's a little naive. Because politics is about life. If you look up the definition of politics, it's about the organizing of life. Mm. And if you say you're not interested in politics, um, then you're saying you're not interested in law and order. You're not interested in the protection of your border. You're not interested in, if you put your child in, in, in public education, how your child's going to be educated. It's just naive. We've got to, we've got, you know, we've got to stop that otherworldly uh, kind of perspective where, well, I'm on my way to heaven. I don't care. Um, even when God sent Israel into exile in, in Babylon, he says, I'm sending you to that city for its welfare. And so while I keep an eternal perspective, and my first priority is the gospel, and my first passion is evangelism and discipleship, I do live on a street. I have a zip code. And while I'm here on earth in this life, waiting for the next life, I should love my neighbor by trying to think, God, what is, what is, what is the best way to organize society? Oh, sure. And, and while the Bible isn't a political manifesto nor a science book, it addresses life and it addresses creation. And as, as a Christian, uh, I want to live within the common grace of God, and I want to take an interest in this nation that has adopted me, and I, I want the best for it. I believe I have a view that's best for it, and I'm going to articulate that and leave the results to God. And we should want the best society possible, and having the best society possible only comes when we get active in politics. Yeah, you, you cannot like the dirty side of it. I don't think any of us really like the dirty side of it, but be active. Have your voice heard. That is very important. And one thing that is concerning to me, Pastor Philip, is that they, now government hasn't come out and said it, and I'm not talking about anybody specific, but there are people in politics today that are trying to play the role of God. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about bigger government. And they don't want you to have necessarily all of your confidence in your faith. They want your faith in them. Absolutely. I mean, look, I, 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 I try to stay away from being party political, but this is just a plain fact. It wasn't so long ago that many within the Democratic Party tried to remove the reference to God in their platform. And, and, and uh, I think it was voted down, but, but it's there. And, and I think when you get behind that, there's a worldview that, again, is humanistic. It, it's socialist. It's Marxist. It's, it's government as God. 
and 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 government must be omnipresent in our lives and omnipotent over people's rights and choices. And and I do think it, it was a wake up call. And and you know, there's there's a verse in the Bible that says that you know it talks about the, the God sending nations to hell that forget Him. Mm. And, 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 you know, God, government has been ordained by God. God has a say in, in, in the kind of government that should exist. Now, in many eras within history, government falls far short of the ideal. But that doesn't, that doesn't give me reason to give up on the ideal. And I want to remind my local and state and federal, uh, you know, uh, politicians that, hey, you have a role to play. And stay in your lane and, and you know what, secure our border, um, provide freedom, um, support the family uh, between a man and a woman, because that's the building block of society. Punish the evildoer. Don't reward the evildoer. And today we're, we're watching an inversion of all of that. And, and there are many within our government, and I think on our streets protesting that are, let's be quite honest, they've stated in themselves mm. in their own documents, like the Black Lives Matter movement, they are Marxist in their theology and in their philosophy and practice. And they're entitled to their view, but I'm entitled to oppose their view and expose it for what it is. It is nothing that has worked well within history, and it's something outside the parameters of God's word and God's will, and it's not good for our society. It's not good. Nothing should ever be outside of the parameters of God. And, you know, I'm not about party, even though I do subscribe to one. I'm about principles, and I'm about values. And I know there's so much lawlessness that's increasing, Pastor Philip. And people are nonsensically blaming the police in certain cases, even calling for its, you know, destruction, its abolition. And that is scary times. Now, I know that you have been in the police force in Ireland. Maybe share a story, if you can, from your days there that might encourage us as to why we need to continue to support the police. Yeah, let me let me just uh, dive in here. Let's be bold. Absolutely. The, the, The police in America today are being demonized in a way that is just flat out evil and wrong and destructive, and I'm going to call it out for what it is. Everyone acknowledges in a fallen world and in a fallen society, there's going to be bad policemen. Like there are bad politicians. Sure. Like there are bad coaches. That's already baked into the cake. Pick a profession, right? Go ahead. Pick a profession. I mean, there's bad seeds in in everyone. Exactly. And so I I can't stand by. I've addressed this, by the way. Let's throw this out. Um, Last October in our church, I preached a message called Back the Blue. And I preached it through Romans 13 because the government has been given by God to, to wield a sword to punish the evildoer. And I told our people, it was actually at a men's retreat at our church, and you can go to our website, kindredchurch.org, or, uh, and, and download that message back the blue. It, it, it wasn't partisan. It was reminding us we're in a fallen society, and without law enforcement, without some wall between uh, 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 law-abiding citizens and criminals, society will collapse. We are courting anarchy. 
in this country. I mean, I, 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 here's a quote to, to bear in mind. A society that makes war against its police had better learn to make friends with its criminals. Mm. And, and again, there's, na- there's a naivety today where people are good and we send a social worker. Uh, no, no, men are fallen. Men, men, there are certain men and women in our culture bent on doing evil, and we need law enforcement to stand between us and anarchy. And the story out of Northern Ireland, I mean, I, I, I was a reserve officer in the RUC, and there was a book written about the police service in Northern Ireland. and was called The Thin Green Line. Our uniforms were dark green, almost looked like black, but they were dark green. And the thesis of that book is, for all, for some of its faults, and we had some bad officers in our force too, for all of its faults, yet for all of its greatness and its goodness, it was the RUC that stopped Northern Ireland imploding into civil war. Mm. And that's why the book was called The Thin Green Line. Last line of defense. And because it's biblical. And, and we have a thin blue line, um, and we need to support correct what's wrong, but the vast, vast majority of men and women of, of all stripes and colors and backgrounds and beliefs that make up our law enforcement are just, they're just everyday heroes, and it bothers me to the pit of my stomach that they're being demonized and called out, and, and, and we need as a culture, and certainly we as believers need to rally um, behind law enforcement and, and stand with them as, as servants of God that exist for the good of society. On the, uh, on the other side of defunding them, on the other side of dismantling them, you will, be, you will have a society you will not want to live in. That you, I mean, you put it very succinctly, and I agree 100%. You get rid of the police force, and I don't care what they say they want to replace it with, and yes, I'm talking about government, you're going to have absolute anarchy. It will be nothing short of anarchy. And they are that... It's, na- it's naive in the light of the doctrine of sin. It is. It's, it's naive in the light of Romans 13, a biblical definition of government. And those who get hurt the most are those the most vulnerable. We know even by now, in a Gallup poll... 80% of black Americans want a greater presence of police in their areas. They know what lies on the other side of this. And, 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 and when you can get behind the noise of, of you know, the, 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 the news and the, uh, the activists and the agitators, the man on the street knows that, that in, in, a, in a very real sense with a small s, the police officer is his savior. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, and we just got to understand that. And we've got to fight with facts, the, the, the lies that, that are, are, are being told. I mean, Bob Woodson, a former civil rights leader, said for every one black man shot by the police, 270 are killed by other black men. But yep. that's not the narrative you hear. No. And, and facts are being skewed and and. and, and Truths are being, you know, um, covered and lies are being propagated. It's terrible and it's time to speak up and step up. Yeah, you have to speak up. You have to step up. You have to stop listening to the mainstream media. And even if you do, do your own research because you're going to find the opposite and you're actually going to find the truth. Yeah, our listeners need to read a book. I know it's called War on Cops by oh. Heather McDonald. Okay. 
she, she's a, just a, a, a wonderful researcher, and she's written a book where you get the statistics. It's a couple of years old, but, but it, it, it's fantastic. In fact, I watched it the other day, and she said that if we keep this up, she calls what's called the Ferguson effect. If you're going to demonize men and women mm. you're, and give them no reason to do their job, even when they're on the job, uh, they're, for their own self-preservation, um, if they step in to help and all of a sudden, man, they, they're, the, they're the villain. And, and the, the criminal is, is the victim, they're not going to, they will want to do their job and they're not going to do their job and that's not good for our society. So the demonizing has got to stop and stop today. It's got to stop today. It's got to stop now. We have to start backing the police. Right now on Across the County with Pastor Philip DeCourcy, a tremendous uh, thank you to him just for coming on the show and just talking about so many of these important issues. As you're listening to this, go to ktt.org slash kpraise. Couple of things there. First off, put in your contact information, and when you do, they're going to send you Help, I'm Anxious. Now, that's a great booklet for you. Also, the Down in the Dump study card. Both these things are going to help with whatever anxiety that you might be dealing with right now. Also there, if you miss any part of this interview, once it's done, we're going to send it to the ministry, and they're going to have that on the archive for you to listen to, so you can get the entire conversation. Now, Pastor Philip, COVID and the world, it's uh, developed just so many different aspects. Our lives have been changed and affected us all in some way, shape, or form. And personally, I think those most afflicted, although we all have been, have been the kids in our communities. Some of them, I almost feel, have been ignored. So what do we do as adults? Because they've been not able to go to school. They don't get the social skills. How can we help them best? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, my, my daughter's a school teacher. I, I'm, you know, I, I've no axe to grind against teachers. That many of them are underpaid and they work hard. But, I agree. But, but at the same time, if we take it, if we take the, the teachers' union and those at the top. They, the schools are failing our children. And they've been feeling our children for, 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 for a long time. You know, uh, we are, we're, our ranking continues to fall in terms of scores compared with the rest of the world. Um, they're, they're reprogramming our children within, within their classrooms on, on sexuality and sexualization. Mm. Um, they're cutting parents out of the process. We've watched several times now in recent days, school boards almost mock parents as if they have no authority like when we give our children into the school system we, we step away and we have no rights and we have got no way to speak into that conversation so a lot of that bothers me and and and, and, and for the few good teachers or maybe i'd say the many good teachers the few radicals and activists have taken the microphone and, and it's scary and, and i think they've done our children a great disservice i mean the, the, the stats are there they're going to teach kids science in school but they're going to deny the science that this is this is a virus that doesn't kill children. Uh, they're like 99.9% bulletproof on this. And the Bible tells us right there in Genesis 2.18, it is not good that man should be alone. Now, right there in the week of creation, God said, it's good, it's good, it's good. And then he says, it's not good. A, a, a solitary figure standing alone is not good. We are social beings made in the image of a triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, exist in community themselves. And to cut our children off from their peer group and from the creativity of learning it's and wrong. the joy of exploration, is, is, it's, it's terrible, it's sinful. So what, what we can do is just try and make up for that at church. I know our parents are creative, many 
of them are rethinking education going forward. Um, but we've got to step back and and be scared about the fact that we've we've raised this year we've raised a generation of children uh, in fear. Uh, and, and have them feeling something that really is not something that's fearful. And so the whole, I just, it has made me step back. If I was a parent, I'd be stepping back and asking greater questions about the, just the whole schooling system and why it exists and who controls it and, and what is its end. And there, there are too many growing evidences that they don't respect parents, that they are ideologically driven. And sadly, I'm not against unions. I was a shop steward in a union in an engineering factory, and unions have their place. But it seems that the teachers' union is about self-preservation, mm. not about the children they profess to love. Yeah, I know many great teachers, and unfortunately, there's not enough of them to... They make a difference, don't get me wrong, but sure. I would almost, if I were them, I would step up to the teachers' union and to the other people in their organization and say, hey, we're not putting the kids first. This is what we need to do, because our kids are lost and they're crying out for help and you and I can help them, the church can help them, but at the end of the day, this has to be an effort from everybody. Yeah, we've said it a million times, so we'll say it one more time. The cure, the cure has been worse than the illness. Amen. And, and, and I think when we when we get through this, and it looks like we're emerging out of it. Praise the Lord. We'll step. We'll step back. Hopefully, and go, man. That was an overreach. That was overkill. Uh, you know, the, the the cure hurt us economically, emotionally. Um, it, it destroyed families. It is it has hurt businesses that are never come. We haven't yet calculated the wages on, on, on what we have done. And I hope we come up with a better plan um, should we face something like this again. And, and um, you know, we, we, we should have targeted those who are the most vulnerable. We mm. should have been bold and brave in the areas where we can we can show some, you know, calculated risk. And we just, there's been no balance. It's been so, it's been so lopsided and ideological and emotional and politicized. It's, it's terrible. I mean, it, you know, it, it, I agree. It, it, the politicians and even Fauci and the CDC have so politicized this. These are people I want to trust. These are organizations we need to trust for the good of our society, but they have, they, they haven't, they haven't been scientists and they haven't been doctors. They've been politicians and that's wrong. I was just going to say that they've made this about politics and not about health. Now I'm a big freedom guy, pastor, and from vaccines to masks, no matter what anybody that is listening might have a stance on, because we're all entitled to our opinion at the end of the day. Yeah. Why do you think that these things around various communities are being pushed and forced and mandated? Because if, if for me, that's just that that's wrong. The only thing that it, that should be done is the freedom to choose these things. Yeah, you know, this is maybe beyond my pay grade a little bit. I mean, vaccination's complicated. I, I do, I mean, look, I, I, I came into this country, we, me and myself and my family had to show we were vaccinated in several areas, um, because rightly so, I, you, this country wouldn't want anybody coming from all over the world carrying all kinds of things into the country. So, you know, this is this is an ongoing issue. I think it's because of 
the, you know, the, the weariness of COVID and then the politicization of it. Um, mm. This this vaccine, um, you know, uh, has become, uh, I think, a greater discussion than most. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I might get it. I may not. I, I feel I don't need to get it because I'm not frightened of COVID. Um, I don't think I've had COVID. My wife's had it, my daughter, and it doesn't scare me. So, you know, if I'm weighing up, do I take a vaccination that's kind of new on the market? It's been, it's been tested more than any other vaccination in history, but still, the data on it in its early days, I, I don't distrust it. I'm just, you can disagree. I'm, you know, Dr. Luke, a disciple of Jesus Christ, Jesus said, you're sick, go to the doctor. So I tend to tr- trust uh, the medical world and, and, and uh, you know, the pharmaceutical world. I, I don't buy the idea that, you know, there's a sinister stuff going on, but the doctors I know are good men and good women, and most of them um, would, would say trust it. But I, if I don't need to take it, I'm not going to take it. I might have to get it to fly home to see my parent and my dad back in the U- in the UK. But I, I get people that have good concerns about it. Even I think I saw something about uh, in a hospital in Boston where they're almost mandating in it. Twenty percent of the doctors said, "Hey, we're not against taking it, but let's give it a little bit more time." So there's some common sense here. And to your point, I'd, I'd like to believe in the best of situations that becomes a a, a, a conscience of issue choice. And yet at the same time, you know, vaccinations are, 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 are really an issue of tension. There is a place, I would think, for tax vaccination. I'm glad we don't have polio. I'm glad we don't have TB. I'm glad we don't have measles and mumps. And, and at some point, you know, the majority of people need to take that vaccination so that it doesn't spread across society. So I'm going to stop there because I'm kind of, I'm out of my realm. Um, I, 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 I can see an argument in some cases whether it's this one because I'm not convinced the coronavirus is the killer they've said it is. And therefore, I don't, I, I don't feel as compelled to take the vaccine because I don't see, as I said, corona as the killer. There might be other things that I think compel vaccinations more, but I, I get it's a bit early. And so if it's a bit early and it's, it's unfolding and we're getting through it because it's a somewhat of a violent flu, yeah, then maybe the need for the vaccination will lessen the scan goes by. And I think our government and, and our neighbors should respect each other where people land that seem that their view is reasonable. Then let let it sit. Um, but yeah, I, I could be I can understand the concern of for those who are mandating it, it's becoming issues about can I go to school if I'm not vaccinated? Can I travel if I'm not vaccinated? Well you know, that's never been a rule for any other vaccination. So why this one? Yeah, well, I agree with you where I, I'm probably not going to take it. I'm, you know, I'm obviously paying attention to all the facts. I think I'm, you know, I'm a fairly healthy person. I do trust yep. the immune system that God's given me. But at the end of the day, I want it to just be about freedom of choice with the individual. So wrapping up here, I know 2020 was hard on all of us, Pastor, and 2021 looks to be a bit of a brighter year so far moving forward. Um, personally, as a nation, some ways are getting better. I feel some of these we've discussed, some ways are not so good, my humble opinion, and I hope they get better. But what's my final question for you as pastor, what's the biggest challenge facing Christians today, not merely in 2020, 2021, but in this current era of time that we're living in? Yeah, um, well, I, I would give a short answer. The greatest challenge is the church needs to be the church. 
You know, old, old Dale Moody said, we need, we, we need the, the church in the world, not the world in the church. We need the boat on the water, not the water in the boat. And given all the pressures and all the, the kind of mega trends that are going on uh, uh, and the pressures within society, the cancel culture, um, we need the church to be the church. And the church is going to have to be fearless and faithful to the gospel. We're going to have to be willing to take up our cross and deny ourselves and pay a price, perhaps, for our discipleship in Jesus Christ in a way we've never had to do, sadly, within the history of the United States. But we've got to be that counterculture within the culture. We're waiting for the kingdom to come when Jesus comes. But maybe as people visit our churches, meet our families, interact with our children, talk to us, they get a sense there's something different about us. We're the salt and light. We're both the retardant against evil, and we're both the light shining upon what life can be and should be through faith in God by means of Jesus Christ. So, uh, you know, I think that's the biggest challenge because we can never fully control society. All right? I'm not a theonomist. Uh, uh, you know, we're, 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 we are Christ's kingdom with, within the nation. We're the holy nation within the nation. We're God's kingdom within this kingdom in that sense. And so we just got to retain our saltiness. And I think that's the challenge, right? No, I mean, Romans 12, don't be conformed. Don't, we, we're, we, you and I are talking about all the evil from that's going on in society, the philosophies, the arguments raised up against God. And, and we can recognize all of that. We can speak. We can vote. We can do what we can. But, but evil man's going to do what evil man's going to do. Uh, they're going to go from, you know, they're never, they, they, they never learn. They go from bad to worse, according to Paul to Timothy. So my job and our job as believers is to be who we ought to be. And, and I think it's going to be a, a, an ongoing challenge going forward. We've got to retain our view of marriage and gender. We've got to retain our view of living in government. We've got to retain our belief that Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. All of this, not just a sample, all of this is antithetical. You know what? To where our culture is going, we're going to have to swim upstream. We're going to have to swim against the tide. That's the challenge, but we can do it. The first the church in the first century existed, <laughs> and not in a post-Christian culture, in a pre-Christian culture. And, and so it can be done. Jesus is leading us in triumph. I'm bullish about the church. I just preached in our church a message on Matthew 16. I will, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Mm. Um, and so I'm excited. No matter how dark it gets, the church uh, will be built. It's built to last, and we're here during this time. Now, I heard John MacArthur say something that challenged me. This is our time. You know, this is the time we were born into. Um, I like that. So we've got to redeem it. We've got to know what the will of God is and do it, and don't let the culture shape us. Let us shape the culture. Yeah, we have to realize the time that we're in, realize that it was hard then, it is hard now. Don't be conformed. We have to stay true to ourselves and be the light in this world because nobody is going to do it for us. Evil is going to be evil, but we need to be that other side of the coin. Pastor Philip, I, I, I know that you do occasionally, you know, congregational jokes. Uh, is is there anything light that you would like to share with us here at the end since we've been digging at some pretty heavy stuff? <laughs> 
Yeah, um, let me. I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I usually do. Um, look, you know, I, I think I was I was reading um, a story about uh, two Irishmen that were um, out cycling on a tandem, uh-huh. and uh, they were they were working their way up the hill. And uh, when they when they got to the top of the hill, you know, they were they were profusely perspiring. And uh, uh, one of them says, "Pat, that was a steep, a stiff climb," um, and. Uh, the other replied, "It was that, and if I hadn't have kept the brake on, we would have gone backwards." <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, life is a is, is a is a tough. It's an uphill climb. It is. Um, but, you know, we've got the power of God. We've got the help of the Holy Spirit. We've got the promises of God. Well, we don't need to put the brake on. Let's keep going up the hill as tough as it is. Let's get to the, the crest in victory and look back and, and give thanks to God that, he, that uh, we didn't slide back, but we went forward. Well, I appreciate your salt, your light, and your humor and everything that you've talked about with me on this program. So a thank you personally from, from myself, Pastor Philip DeCourt. Again, our listeners can go to ktt.org slash kpraise. There you're going to find a couple of things. You can insert your contact information. And once you do that, you're going to be given help. I'm anxious. It's a booklet. And also down in the dumps, it's in a marvelous study card. Both these things are going to help you with whatever anxiety you might be going through at the time. And now that this interview is over, if you've missed any part of it, you can go back to that website, which is ktt.org slash kpraise. And here the entire interview. And again, you can hear Know the Truth on KPRZ, which is 1210 AM, FM 106.1, Monday through Friday, 1.30, 6.30 in the morning, 9.30 PM. Pastor Philip, a real treat, my friend. As always, it is an absolute honor to talk to you. Noah, thank you for the opportunity. Love our listeners. Down at KPRZ. And remember, the world at its worst needs the church at its best. Amen to that. And we love you too, Pastor Philip. Noah here and across the county, ktt.org slash kpraise.